Uh, also, um, today and next Sunday, I'm going I'm to emphasize this a little bit more, uh, get a Bible reading guide for 2024. And uh, yes, Lene, uh, uh, Lene Cronick told me uh, this week she finished her, what was it, 20th or 21st time? 20th time. So give her a big uh, applause today. So if you have never read your Bible from cover to cover, maybe it's been a long time, get a Bible reading guide. Now here's the deal with this. Um, this is broken into 365 uh, daily reading portions. So it's really, if you can read for, you know, steady for about 20 minutes, you got it licked, okay? But here's the deal. A lot of people, they'll pick one of these up and they'll get started on it, you know, January 1, and they'll read and they think, I'm off to a good start. And then the next day they forget. And then the day after that they forget. And then about a month later they come back and think, oh, I'm so far behind, I might as well quit. Don't quit! Don't quit. Just That's what the value of this thing is, is that you just go back to where you left off and you start. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't have to happen in a year. If it takes two years or three years or four years, just keep reading and, uh, and keep track of where you're reading. And uh, that way, uh, you'll know that you have covered the entire scripture. And, and uh, whenever that day comes, when you get to the end of the book of the Revelation, uh, you'll, you'll have an achievement, you'll have a satisfaction in knowing that you have read the Word of God. Now, I, you know, a lot of people, everybody expects to go to heaven, right? You know, I'm a good person, so I'm going to heaven. That's kind of the expectation. But, you know, it's kind of strange that we would get to heaven and uh, we would say, uh, yeah, I never had time to read your book. I heard it was good. And, uh, you know, the pastor, the, the church I went to, you know, talked about it a lot. But, you know, I, my life was busy. So don't, don't, don't be in that awkward situation, okay? So uh, I'm, I'm trying to save you here. So uh, get a Bible reading guide and just get started. You can even get started early. You've got a whole week ahead uh, to uh, get a good start on your Bible reading for the year. Well, open your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we're going to open the Christmas story here. And this is the angel speaking to Joseph, his uh, moment when he was unsure whether he should go through with his, he was betrothed or engaged, if you will, to marry, and, and it was found out that she was pregnant, and he was uncertain whether he should go through with the marriage. And as he was pondering this, <clears throat> Gabriel, who had previously spoken to Mary and told Mary that this was going to happen, that she would be with child of the Holy Spirit, and she accepted the word of the Lord. Well, can you imagine trying to explain to your fiancé your circumstance if you were Mary? Well, it was difficult. It was difficult. And, and Joseph, it says he was a just man and he didn't want to make her a public humiliation. Um, so he was thinking about how he could put her away or divorce her because the, the engagement was as strong as the marriage. How he would divorce her in a quiet way that wouldn't draw attention to her plight. And in the midst of that deliberation, the angel Gabriel appears to Joseph and tells him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Uh, and uh, Go through with the, the, the marriage, and uh, she will bring forth the son. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 is where we're at here. And the explanation from the angel is, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name 
Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I wanted to read a couple more scriptures paired with that. You shall call his name Jesus. And the significance of that, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11. You didn't know there was Christmas uh, message in Philippians, but here it is. Uh, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then many times in the Psalms you read, I just chose one out of Psalm 113 verse 3. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You shall call his name Jesus. You know, there's never been a name like Jesus that has affected so much of world history. All of Western civilization, now I don't know if you understand the concept of Western civilization, but all of Western civilization revolves on Jesus. You and I are part of Western civilization. What does that mean? Is that there is the time in history which we are part of that is based on the concepts and the teachings of none other than Jesus Christ. You can think of the Ten Commandments and many of the other concepts of Scripture, especially the New Testament, especially the Gospels. Jesus himself teaching, and out of that evolved what we loosely call Western civilization. And uh, there's a great attack on Western civilization. And, and uh, why? Why is Western civilization such under attack? Some within, some without. Is because there is great hatred, there is great enmity. A few Sundays ago we covered this is that uh, at the fall, in, in the Garden of Eden, at the fall of the, the man Adam and his wife Eve in the garden, is that it would said there would be great enmity between the serpent and Eve's seed. And this, this cosmic battle would wage. And you and I are in that cosmic battle. Good against evil. Western civilization against all else. And, uh, and that's why we, we are probably the largest symbol of Western civilization left. Used to be Europe was, was strongly Christian. You can go to Europe and the great cathedrals, of course, Christianity arise. They're mostly empty. They're mostly cold. They're mostly uh, uh, not in use. Um, but, uh, you know, Europe has largely been conquered. Western civilization has fallen pretty much in Europe. And, and really, um, the United States of America is really the last bastion of Western civilization. Then you and I are part of that. And there has been a war and is a war against what this one name brought into being. Without Jesus, there would be no Western civilization. If you like our way of life, if you like our liberties, if you like 
our justice system, at least the way it was intended to work, uh, you can thank Jesus for that. You can thank the scriptures for that. And uh, all of it came about because of Jesus. And to be true, wars, just and unjust, have been fought in his name. Kings and kingdoms have risen and fallen on this name. There has never been a name that has influenced so much as Jesus. But the more important thing to you and I is that countless lives have been changed and delivered from bondage and sin. And because of Jesus, what the angel spoke to Joseph, and you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. And because of that, it has made the difference for us. It has made the difference for anyone who calls out on that name. He has set more people free than any other name. The disciples gave their defense before the Jewish Sanhedrin in the book of Acts, chapter 4. And they were teaching in the temple and they were arrested uh, by the Jewish Sanhedrin because they were teaching in the name of Jesus whom they had just crucified just literally days before. And so the disciples were rounded up in prison and, and hauled before the, the Sanhedrin court and accused of teaching in this name of Jesus. And they gave their defense, saying this in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. It says, nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. So getting back to my earlier statement about reading your Bible, you know, like I said, everybody expects to go to heaven. Why? Because we're a good person, right? I'm a good person. I've got the certificate. It says good person right on it. That's my name, right? Who is not a good person? We're all good person. But that's not what gets us into heaven. You know, being a good person, I'm, I'm glad you are, is better than being a bad person. <laughs> Especially if you're my neighbor, I want you to be a good person. All right? Um, but there's only one way that we may be saved, and that's through the name of Jesus. Jesus himself testified to this. He said, I am the way. It, it, you know, words are important, right? You, you can change one word and change the entire meaning of, an, of a complete sentence. He says, I am the way. I am not a way, or I'm not one of many ways. I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said about himself. That was his own testimony about who he was. He was the way, the truth, and the life, and he still is. So we don't, we don't take a detour around that by just saying, well, if I'm just a good person, I'll get into heaven. That's, that's the biggest deception of all time is that there's no way we can be good enough. That's, if there was an alternate route to heaven, you know, somewhere around Jesus or under Jesus or over Jesus, 
than Jesus coming as a baby in Bethlehem to eventually die on a cross was all for nothing. It was all for nothing. He died in vain. He didn't have to die for our sin if we can just be good enough. Nobody ever answers the question, how good is good enough? How good do you have to be to go to heaven? Right? Nobody ever says, well, you know, you have to be this good right here, okay? And we're kind of thinking you're right about here, all right? Nobody says that, you know, or nobody says, well, you know, you have to be this good, but, you know, I think I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here, so I'm well qualified to go to heaven. There, there's, no, there's no standard objective or subjective that answers the question, how good do you have to be to go to heaven? Because we all know this, is that none of us are that good, right? Have you ever lied? Have you ever not told the whole truth? Ever broken a promise, something said you're going to do and you never did it? You ever take a loan from a friend and never paid it back? Of course, I know nobody that comes to New Life Assembly does that. Now, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isn't that true? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So none of us have achieved any sort of standard of goodness to qualify for heaven. Even though we cling to that idea viciously, as long as I've been preaching, that's somewhere around 40 years now, people still will answer, what makes you think you'll go to heaven if you were to die? Well, I'm a good person. First answer, survey says, yes, good person. We cling to that idea. But again, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, which tomorrow is the day we celebrate his advent, his coming to earth, all of that was because we are not as good as we think we are. (laughs) We're not good enough to go to heaven on our own merits, on our own worthiness. You know, the name Jesus is a form of the Hebrew name Joshua. In the Old Testament, you know, that one of the, the, the leader that took on after leading Israel, after Moses died, was his servant Joshua. We say it in the Western way, Joshua. But uh, interesting thing, and this makes no big deal here, but is that there's no J sound in the Hebrew language. So we say Joshua, but every time we say J, the Hebrew language has a Y. Why we didn't adopt that, I don't know. So his name is Yeshua. You've ever heard the name Yeshua? It is the the word, it's the name Joshua to us, uh, you know, Anglos, okay? And so his name is Yeshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. The, the name Jehovah is another example of this. And I'm not, I, I don't know Hebrew, so I'm not pretending to be smarter than anybody else in the room. But uh, there's no J, so there's really no Jehovah, but his name is Yahweh, okay? And that has to do with the, the Hebrew vowels and the way they're inserted. They're not, Hebrew doesn't write vowels in their written language, and so they have to be inserted. But his name is Yahweh. And, uh, and so anytime you worship Jehovah or talk about Joshua or whatever, uh, just understand that that's 
just part of our anglicized manner of pronouncing these kinds of things. The Hebrew language is always meaningful. Anytime you, you look at one of the words, especially names, is that they mean something. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I think we've largely, I, I know some people name their children and very careful about how they choose a name for their children. Some just like the sound of a name and we have no idea what it means. And, uh, but we just apply it to our kids and think that's great. But Hebrew names always paint a picture. They always have a deeper meaning. Just like Yeshua is Yahweh is salvation. Jesus is the Greek form of the name Yeshua. We could call Jesus Joshua in our Englishized way of pronouncing things. But Jesus is Yeshua, Joshua. And he has been prophesied of since the beginning of time. His name, Yeshua, is the God who saves. That's who he is. That's his name. And that's why he came to earth. His name was his mission. He did not come, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus did not come to earth for Christmas presents. And every kid was like, what? Not just kids, I know there's adults going, what? Yeah, Jesus didn't come to earth for Christmas parties. Jesus didn't come for Santa Claus or Christmas trees. Jesus came for one reason, and that was to die in our place for our sins on a cross. To pay for all of our sinfulness that we might have the opportunity to be with him forever, have eternal life, and be saved from the consequences of our sin. Consequences for sin, yeah. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages or the consequences of sin is death. Yeah, that's what we really deserve. You know how good you are? Yeah, you deserve to die. <laughs> it's a little unflattering, isn't it? But that's what the Bible says. That the wages, the result, the consequences of our sin is death. But that verse, just it, it has this great second half. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He came to save us. He is Yeshua. He's the God who saves. When I was younger, I, I just tried to make sense of all these names of Jesus. And we've just barely scratched the, the surface. I, I was just writing down some of the names for this message. You know, I was thinking, wonderful, and the Good Shepherd, and the Bread of Life, and Counselor, and, and uh, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. You know, we go on and on and on. And so how come we never talk about those names how can we just call him Jesus why is his name above every other name well it's not because he was kind to the poor and needy that was not why his name Jesus is the name above every other name that's that's not why it is it's not the greatest name in history because he fed 5,000 people and it isn't because Jesus did miracles or even that he empowered his followers to do them as well. That's not why his name is above every other name. Jesus 
had sent out his disciples and had given them authority over every sickness and disease and commanded them to preach the gospel and, and to heal the sick and to raise the dead. He empowered them to do that and they came back and they were pretty excited about it. They had a pretty successful mission. And the disciples, he sent them out two by two all over the countryside into little uh, villages and towns all over Judea. And, and they came back and they were excited. And they were talking about the miracles that happened when they prayed for the sick and how demons were uh, exercised when they spoke the power of the name of Jesus. Jesus' response to this was pretty interesting. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in all the miracles and all the, you know, the miraculous things that happen. No, do, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The greatest miracle is when you call out to Jesus for forgiveness of your sin. Some of us are pretty hard nuts to crack. You know, we want to get close, you know, but not go all the way. We don't mind those Christians. They're kind of, kind of you know, extreme. But, you know, they make good neighbors. Some of us are pretty hard. You know why? You know why the most wonderful miracle of all is our own salvation? Because nobody else can make that choice. I can't make it for you. Your mom and dad can't make it for you. The person that you love the most can't make it for you. Only you can surrender your life to Jesus. And that's why the great, that's the greatest miracle. If it was something I could do for you, well, that, that would just be wonderful. I'd love to just have you come and I'd sprinkle holy water or something on you and just say you're, you're saved. Your sins are forgiven. But I can't do that. I'm not empowered. My name is not Yeshua. <laughs> There's only one name that is given among men by which we can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. His name is above every other name because there is no other name that can save us. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that same conversation uh, and defense of the disciples to the Sanhedrin. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's why his name is above every other name. That's why we worship that name. That's why we pray in that name. That is why we serve that name. Because he is the only way of salvation. There's a discussion going on with Jesus, and I'll just kind of paraphrase it. This is my paraphrase of the passage. But there was a discussion going on about, you know, these miracles and healing and all of that that was going on. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, you know, you could just, if you just saw somebody, maybe, maybe they had difficulty walking, and you could just go over to them and just like Jesus did, you know, and just lay your hand on them and just say, be healed. And whatever's wrong with that, it would just instantly, they would just if they had a crutch or a cane or, or whatever, they wouldn't need them anymore. Wouldn't that just be incredible? Wouldn't it just be great to go to a hospital and visit every room and just empty it? Wouldn't that be incredible? It would just be wonderful. 
But Jesus said, would it be any good for your body to be whole, but your soul go to hell? I think Jesus is certainly compassionate about our infirmities. And he does give us power to pray for the sick and he will raise them up. We believe that that all of those things are still part of what Jesus instructed his disciples, including you and I, to do. But the most important task is not to see that children get fed, although that's a wonderful thing to happen. And we do lots of that. And if you ever want to to know that children are being fed, just support Convoy of Hope, (laughs) because they feed tens of thousands of children every single day in countries all over the world. Um, Right now they're feeding children in Gaza, okay? That's happening right now, today. It's a wonderful thing. So don't think, we don't think that's important. But the most important thing is not meeting a physical need or healing a physical infirmity of some kind. The most important need is eternal and where we will spend eternity. And that we can only point to Jesus, the name that is above every other name. At this name, every knee shall bow. You know, there's been a lot of world leaders. There's been a lot of people who put their stamp of identity on history. And uh, most of the most notable names of history are pretty notorious, don't you think so? We can mention names here today, and we go, yeah, right? None of those names will all mankind bow to. You can bring up Alexander the Great. If you stayed awake in history class, you know that he was one of the greatest leaders of all time. Conquered so much of the known world in his day. But it is not that the name of Alexander that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Not going to happen. Just reading an article the other day, it seems to be renewed in interest in Genghis Khan. Some call him the, one of the greatest generals of history. And he was ruthless and he conquered so much territory and land and built an empire. It is not at the name of Genghis Khan that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's not going to happen. You can name any other world leader from history. Tyrants, dictators, despots. They've all made their mark. But they are dead and they are gone. Those who sought to rule the world failed no, no matter the heights to which they rose, no matter the power they welded at their greatest Each one, every single one, died, and so did their empires. But there was a baby born in Bethlehem who will come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The wise men from the east who searched for Jesus and followed the star were the first to recognize that this is the one whose kingdom would reign forever. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, out of, the, out of the gospel, Matthew records the nativity of Jesus here. It says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. On the day of judgment, now if you've been reading your Bible and you kind of stuck with a year plan or, or whatever, you're coming down to, you're going you're gonna to get to the book of the Revelation. You're going to see an event that will take place called the Great White Throne Judgment. You've ever heard about, you know, the Judgment Day? That's what it's talking about. And on the day of judgment of the Great White Throne Judgment, all the wicked of earth will be judged. And among them will be the greatest names of history. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name is above every name. We don't treat it as such, but there will be a day where we will recognize that he is Lord of all. He is the King of of kings and the Lord of lords. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because the name Jesus envelops every other name that he is known by. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is mighty God. He is everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Yahweh, Emmanuel. I am bread of life, living water. Light of the world, good shepherd, counselor, savior, the word, the way, the truth, the life, provider, healer, victory, the sinless one, the lion, the lamb, holy, wonderful, redeemer. His name is Jesus. When you say Jesus, you say all of those other names. Because that's who he is. <laughs> it's the greatest name of all time. I don't know about you, but I just think, you know, there's some really great times for certain things. And uh, maybe a significant date, maybe, maybe one of our parents or a grandparent or something like that. Somebody we thought a lot of, you know, and our, our child's born on the same day. I mean, that's pretty special. Today's a special day. It's Christmas Eve. And to give your heart to Jesus on a day like this, that's pretty special not the reason for doing it but what a great memory kind of gives you something to hang on to yeah I gave my life to Christ on Christmas Eve 2023 if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord you can know him as your Savior his sacrifice on the cross will include you now Jesus doesn't make that automatic that everybody's born and suddenly covered. It has to be our decision. It has to be our invitation. Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my sin? And he will. He'll take you up on that. He'll never say, I'll get, I'll get back to you about that. He'll just say yes. We haven't done it enough already. I'll do it one more time today. Process of salvation is A, B, C. A is admit. Admit you're a sinner. Sometimes that's hard to do. We like to think, well, I'm a good person. And maybe, maybe you make a real good neighbor. 
but that's not what gets you into heaven. I'll say it again. You could be the best person in the world and not know Jesus, and that would not get you into heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. It's Jesus at your invitation. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The second step, first we admit we're sinners. And that's kind of the big step. <laughs> B is to believe. Do we believe this whole story about immutable, all-powerful, everlasting God coming from heaven to earth as a baby in Bethlehem? Do we believe he did that? It's kind of unbelievable, but we believe it. And he didn't come for Santa Claus or presents or Christmas trees. He came to die on a cross for you. Do you believe that? Romans 10.10, 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. That's why belief is so important. Do you believe this? What the Bible tells us. And then C is to confess. That's the final step. But if you've admitted you're a sinner and if you believe what the Bible tells us, that there is salvation in no other name, so we can confess him as Lord today. And he will forgive our sin and invite us to no eternal life. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple, sometimes that hard. And if you want to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord today, we're going to take a moment. You can just invite him in. You can follow along. Make my prayer your own today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Today, the Sunday that we celebrate his birth, him coming to earth, Lord, it's a little more than our mind can fully comprehend that the eternal God, the all-powerful one, the creator of heaven and earth, came to earth as a baby that he could die for my sin. But Lord, we believe it today. We admit we are sinners. We have done wrong with no way to atone for it except through your name. And so today we confess you as the Lord of our lives. We believe what scripture has to say about you, that you are the only way to the Father. And so we invite you to come into our heart today. We accept you as our Lord and Savior. Change whatever you need to change to set us on a new path, headed towards a new life, headed for eternal life. And so, Lord, today we invite you in. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, I would invite you. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper here. Just a moment. And we would invite you to participate with us. Paul wrote the Corinthian church in chapter 11 of his letter. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In Jesus we do. We stand here at the full circle, celebrating your birth, 
commemorating your death. The very reason why you came is that your body in place of ours would pay the penalty and the price of our sin. And so today, Lord, we hold this bread which represents your body. Lord, it reminds us of the mission that you were on when you were born in Bethlehem. And so today, Lord, we eat this bread with thanksgiving as we remember you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat this bread together. In the same manner, he also took the cup. After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The birth of Jesus was his first advent. <clears throat> when he comes back, it will be his second advent. And we will do this until then. And then we will do it no more forever. Because we will be with him. And of his kingdom there will be no end. All those names that have not yet been fulfilled, you know, Prince of Peace, <laughs> there's wars going on right now. He'll bring peace to his kingdom. Is his kingdom in your heart? Then you can find peace. If his kingdom is in your heart, he is the Prince of Peace. But there will be a day when he comes again and there will be peace on earth like there never has been. And we look forward to that day. Jesus, we thank you for this cup. It represents the washing away of our sin. And Lord, we, we drink it in anticipation of what the world is yearning for. And that is peace. Lord, ceasefires will fail and nation will rise against nation. And fortunately, Lord, there will be famines and death. But the day that you come, as the Prince of Peace, as the Lord of Lords, as the King of Kings, there will be everlasting peace. And Lord, we cannot wait. And Lord, we drink this cup with remembrance that you've washed our sin away. And we will be part of your everlasting kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Let's drink this cup. Well, as we close our service today, uh, let me remind you, we have a gift for every one of you. <laughs> Bible reading guide. encourage you to take one home. I uh, asked Lene to make sure there's plenty uh, so that uh, everyone that wants one can have one. And if we run out, we'll make more, okay? Um, pick up a ornament on your way out. And we'd love for you to have one. And maybe there's one of the names of Jesus that especially meaningful to you uh, this year. And there's, uh, there's just a lot of choices out there. So we encourage you to take one home uh, with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you are Jesus. <laughs> the greatest name of all time. And he is our Lord and our Savior. And so, Lord, we pray that as we celebrate around our families or, Lord, even by ourselves, 
Lord, that it would just be a special time of acknowledging you and what you have done for us. And uh, Lord, we, uh, we pray that we would celebrate Christmas all year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to the house of the Lord on Christmas Eve. Have a great week.